Hey guys, and welcome back to the Creative Influencer Podcast, where we chat about living as the most epic version of yourself, being an entrepreneur, personal development goals, mom hustle, and starting a new life over as a single boss babe. Life is way too short, guys, to sweat the small stuff, and living your life as the most intentional and exceptional version of yourself is the only way to achieve your dreams. I'm your girl, Amanda, an entrepreneur and goal-obsessed hustler in personal development, business, and fitness. So if that is your vibe too, then we are going to be besties. I freaking love sharing my goals, my new ideas, business successes to help you achieve the goals that you want as a high achiever. My growth is the reason I started this podcast because, hey, I'm just like anyone else out there. And sometimes I didn't believe enough in what I could truly accomplish in my life. So let's dive in to this episode, grab some notepads, some pens, and your heart and your mind to fill with some really good stuff. Okay guys, so before we get started into another episode, I wanted to share with you my new and exciting news about the latest and greatest. Courses have officially launched and they're so freaking good. They're filled with great content and value and I cannot wait to see you there in class. The RB High Achiever course has been on my heart for so long and I'm so beyond happy to be able to deliver this course for everyone. So make sure to head over to the website rbfurnitureshop.com forward slash courses or check out my link in this podcast for all the details. Guys, you are not going to want to miss this, so get your seats, get some early reservations in, and we cannot wait to see you up there in class. Hey guys, and welcome to the Creative Influencer Podcast, where today we're gonna start talking about meal prepping, talking about cutting sugar, hitting protein goals, and how to get on track for 2024. I know that we are heavily deep into December. It's crazy. There's a lot of cheese, a lot of chocolates, a lot of alcohol that's out there right now that we're constantly consuming. So I thought it'd be great to put together a podcast that talks a little bit more about meal prepping. Now for this, this is my take on stuff. This is some of the things that I do personally and some of the tricks that I have used over the past couple of years in order to get back on track and approach 2024 with more of a positive mindset and as well as more helpful tips in order to get back because it's hard when you have been exposed to all these treats, all this stuff, and especially over the past six weeks and then trying to flip over and eating salads. Like, let's be honest, let's be real. So Go grab your headphones, grab your coffee, whatever it is that you're doing right now so you can tune into the podcast and we will catch up soon. Hello, how's everybody doing? Just a great little week here as we close out 2024. It's so crazy and I thought it would be so beneficial, so beneficial because I know that I need it is to do an episode on meal preparation. Let's be real, let's be honest. I have been eating more cheese and chocolate over the past six weeks than I have consumed the entire year. So 
my lovely humans. Here we go for another week and another goal. And I honestly just thought very interesting and beneficial if we chatted about meal prepping, avoiding sugar, and thinking more, especially about protein when you're hungry. I, just a fair warning, if you're tuning in, I am not a nutrition expert, nor do I hold any formal training and or degrees in meal planning and preparation. But what I can share with you is my approach to fitness and putting good quality food into your body. So if that's your jam and you want to hear a little bit more, these are some of the things that have worked for me. I know that I've spent a good portion of the past 20 years of my life going through like fad diets. I mean, I was definitely the girl that if you ever, I don't know if you guys remember, but if you ever did the cabbage soup diet, which essentially is awful, it is a really quick way to lose like 10 pounds um, in a week. But essentially what you're doing is you're just uh, losing water. That's essentially what your body is doing. You're putting it into a massive amount of shock and you're eating cabbage soup for the entire week. Who wants to do that? not me. I know that there's lots of really different weird diets that are out there. And I feel like at this time of year, we often get caught up in that, you know, a fast way, a fast approach to trying to, you know, dial in and restrict our calories, especially if we've consumed a lot of calories over the past six weeks, sort of feel a little bit sluggish, um, as we approach and, and come into January. So I think it's good to talk more about what it takes to get on track, being realistic about what your goals are, and then also what meal preparation really looks like. I feel like this episode for me, it's going to take on some key essential pieces that I find help me stay on track and accountable, especially when it comes to meal preparation. And another key part is lowering the amounts of sugar that I'm consuming. So let's dive in, let's chat about staying on track because it's the holidays. And if you're anything like me, I have been consuming a ton of calories over the past few weeks. So let's talk. First, I think we need to have a real deep conversation about accountability. Accountability, you need to be accountable for your actions, for your choices. So whatever the masses that you have at the moment, especially during this time of the year, honor that you're human and all the choices that you have made just because you've been living off of treats for the past 30 days does not make it okay for you to continue on. It's so frustrating when I hear when people say, you know, like, well, here I am, I've already in deep enough, you know, so I'm just going to continue going you know, down this path and this road. And I think the key thing is, is that it's being able to flip that narrative pretty quickly in order to, you know, I don't deprive myself of treats. I don't deprive myself of events and things like that. But I will tell you like my lifestyle that I've been living over the past 30 days, especially when it comes to being invited out to parties, it comes from, you know, not necessarily being on track and having consistent meals. You know, if we look at, you know, my family celebrates Christmas and Christmas dinner and just the day of like just the amount of extras that you're eating and just, it's very, very easy to continue on with that train. So it's really hard to put your foot down and just sort of say, nope, stop. We're going to like, you know, really take a turn for the best here. Um, because there's so much of it in front of us and it's so tempting and it's really, really difficult to be disciplined. I think to help with that, it's really being accountable for your actions. So you really need to dial that in. It's being honest. It's being raw. It's being accountable for where it is that you want to go. Now this doesn't work, you know, just on extreme scales, you know, I meal prep and I know that 
I probably look to, some people might look at me and think, well, that's a little bit more extreme than what I'm willing to do. You know, I'm willing to do this. I think it can really work on anybody's scale. I mean, I use this for my kids as well. You know, they just, you just can't eat whatever it is that you want. You need to be able to have some type of accountability for the things that you're consuming, especially when it comes to being able to, you know, wire up your body and being proactive at work, being a great parent, you know, being able to be a great leader at, you know, your job, all of those things. I think food is a massive part that we definitely try to devalue because what we consider healthy is often just health is just, it's such a, it's such a vague term. It's such a vague word. And it really people, what I feel some people consider healthy is not necessarily healthy, you know? So I think with this meal preparation and, and talking and conversation about that, it's really just about being accountable. It's being about accountable for your actions and being, you know, in line with what you think will benefit to be the become, you know, make the best version of yourself. I know for myself, if I eat really poorly, like if I'm fueling my body with really poor nutrients and really poor things, and you know, I'm going to use this as an example is that most of the times, like if it was, uh, you know, Amanda and it was 10 years ago, what I would typically do at this time is we would go on a family vacation. Sometimes it would be after the holidays. So, you know, obviously eating a lot of extra calorie during the holiday, and then what would happen is that all these treats and, you know, meals and all that. And then sometimes we'd often celebrate by going on vacation. And if you've ever been to any of these resorts, these all-inclusive, you know, resorts, it, they're often in a buffet setting, right? So buffet setting, meaning that you would walk in generally at breakfast and have a ton of extra calories on your plates. Why? Because it's just there in front of you. Now, I'm not saying that you can't enjoy that. But for, it's not just about, you know, the buffet at breakfast, but it's also the alcohol that gets consumed during that time. It is, you know, the amount of extra snacks that you're eating. It's amount of all of these things add up and add up. Now, what I would consider if this was me, you know, 10, 15 years ago is that that would be a great vacation, right? A great vacation of, you know, feeling, you know, the first three days and by probably the third or fourth day, you start to feel not that great. For me, this is what would happen. And it was because I was so off of, you know, having the extra things in my body that I typically wouldn't have, you know, having a shortage of water, making sure that, you know, like we're always getting drinks. Like it's just all of these things. And it's so crazy now. Now, when I come on vacation, I am determined most of the time to eat pretty clean to still enjoy myself, but certainly not to the level of that. I feel like when you have like these buffet type settings like that in that particular situation, it's very, very easy. And I know myself personally, I am not a very highly disciplined person when it comes to having things that are put in front of me and knowing that I won't eat them. I definitely have done a lot of clear out in my own house. So I can't have certain things in my house because I know that I'm going to eat it. I just, I know that I will. If there are fresh baked cookies that are in my house, especially if they're fresh, like homemade fresh baked cookies, they don't stand a chance against my, you know, resistance that's there. It just, it, I, I can't, I don't have it in me. I just think that they're so good. So what do I do? I just don't have them in my house because I know where I'm at with that. I know that if I 
was traveling and it makes it really, really difficult when you're traveling to do meal prep, to do healthy eating, because you're definitely coming off of your schedule, but it is achievable. It is achievable for you to be able to travel around and do these things and not completely fall off of the wagon. Now, there are certain things that you might not be able to get, you know, like, you know, at the moment, um, if I was traveling and I didn't have my, you know, correct protein powders or things like that. I mean, that's fine. It, it is what it is. It's not, that's not going to make or break you for the entire, you know, week that, or whatever your duration of your stay is. It's just all the extra calories that you end up consuming. And I feel like, you know, I am the type of human where I really like having, you know, a nice glass of wine. I like having food. I like being able, I like the social aspect of it. And it just, for me, doesn't become like one drink. It becomes a lot of drinks. So even when it comes to alcohol, I tend to avoid it most times, especially like on a weekly average, you know, social setting. I don't tend to drink or consume that much alcohol on a weekly basis. What I do tend to do is I will, I still do, I still consume alcohol, but I tend to consume it just like when we're at a special event or if we are on vacation or things like that. I tend not to have it, I tend to drink a lot more in the summertime than what I do in the wintertime just because I don't feel like I'm very interested in it. And I never, ever, ever come home and then decompress if I'm stressed out with alcohol. That's been a huge one for me. I think with any time that I feel that you are trying, especially when it comes to stressful behaviors or stressful patterns that you have, I definitely highly suggest that it's something that people, you know, definitely get caught up. It's like, oh, well, I'm just going to have a glass of wine because it's been a really hard day or I'm just going to have that. Like, and it's something you're taking something that is not positive for your body and then putting something else that's not positive into your body. So for me, if I am enjoying alcohol, it's always under the presumption of that it's a great time and it's a social experience and it's fun. It's never because I am stressed or I'm in like this negative context. So that's for me, that's how I approach, you know, most things like that. But that said, if you are traveling and I know that it is really difficult, especially over this time of the year, because we tend to travel to our family, we're not on vacation or, you know, we're, we're just, we're out of our normal, regular, you know, programming for the time. I definitely try to make sure that I have like my bare essentials that are covered. So meaning that it's really easy to get up and move your body. You don't need to have a gym in order to do that. You just need to have access to using your legs, go for a walk. You know, you can, there's all sorts of things that you can do with no equipment. Um, I make sure that I'm hydrated every single day and I never skip out on my vitamins. I'm always really, really big on this. I find for me that they've really helped me be able to recover and get some really great quality sleep. And also I feel better when I take them. Now, I don't, I feel sometimes like vitamins can be such a controversial topic for me personally. I just find that they work. And, um, the vitamins that I take is a multivitamin every day. I take fish oil every single day, magnesium. I do a B12. I do, um, those are probably like my core essential pieces that I have. Um, so vitamin D, vitamin B, I've got my biotin and then fish oil and a multivitamin. And other than that, oh, and I do do a probiotic every single day and some magnesium as well. The, I think the probiotics are essential. That's been really, really like it's, 
definitely for me, that's been a no go zone where I can't, you know, come off. I think that it really helps me to stay on track, especially the magnesium too. I feel like the sleeping, um, it really helps me with having a better quality sleep. Now, again, I don't know if that's all in my head, but I do feel that it, they're non-negotiables for me. If I'm traveling water, make sure that I'm consuming enough water every single day. It's not hard to hit those targets. People get really obsessive about, you know, putting things into their water and the electrolytes and all of that. Like just drink water, just drink water that whatever, however you need to get water into, but like the little flavor packs of just be careful when you're putting those things into it. I mean, it's electrolyte. I typically use like biosteel because it's not many calories in it, but I don't need, I mean, that's an electric light, but if the, you're doing the flavored water thing, just be really aware of the extra crap that you're putting in your water. But I hear people that will tell me that they don't like the taste of water. And I just, I'm shocked. Like, how can you not like water? Water, it's just, it's essential. You need to drink. I don't care what kind of water you drink. If you're a pH balanced water or you don't like Toronto town, like whatever water that it is that you need to consume, just drink some water. And if you don't like the taste, I don't know, put some lemon in it. Like it's water. It's designed to flush your body out. You should be flushing your body out on a regular basis. So make sure that when you are sorting things out, um, and you are going in and you're adding all these like little flavor packs or, you know, flavored water thing, like just be aware of the chemicals, number one, that are in part of those. And then also sometimes they're just, you know, rigged with sugar as well, which is sort of counteractive for what you're trying to be, you know, doing with the water. So it's definitely, you know, for me, water being able to make sure that uh, I have my vitamins and moving my body like every single day. So if you don't like to run, then that's fine. Walk. And if you don't like to walk, then crawl. <laughs> I just like everybody can go out and make sure that they're, you know, at least getting some type of physical movement into their body every single day. And I think once you do that, if you ever feel like you don't feel good, I think the number of couple things that they suggest is, um, going for a walk, like just to clear your mental space and then having a shower, having a shower makes you feel so much better. Um, you ever come out of the shower and feel like, you know, a bunch of crap. So for me, those are some key things. Okay. So how I approach the holiday for me, holidays, the whole month of December, it's a little bit of a tough bag because I approach it from the attitude that this is not my month for training in order to achieve like any gains. The entire month of December for me, it's about celebrating really my accomplishments that I've had over the past year. And I don't ever miss out an opportunity to move my body, which makes me accountable for my actions. So for me, I know that if I haven't, if I look at my 365 day calendar year, I know by the point that I get to in December, if I haven't reached some of my goals that I've had, you know, in December, it probably is going to be difficult for me to be able to get them because I know that the month of December is just a month where I have to give myself a little bit of grace. Now it doesn't mean to say that I'm just eating everything in sight, but it's definitely not for me going to be a progressional month where I'm going to see a whole bunch of progress because there's just too much going on. It's not only just about the food that I'm consuming, but it's also about being off schedule, I have noticed a lot of discipline with myself that I've become really, really focused. Like scheduling for me is 
crucial. I've almost become really anal with this. Like I do the same thing every single day because I like the consistency of the pattern. It takes me a while. It takes my body a long time to recover from things that come out of that pattern, whether it be food or if it's sleep or if it's nutrition or if it's fitness or if it's work, if it's any of the things like I'm just such a creature of habit and I really, really like consistency in my regular programming. Now, if I'm planning something that's going to come ahead, I definitely will schedule things in. But for me, having the month of December, it's just with that little bit of grace because you know that, you know, you could be staying up late because you're going to be, you know, attending. Maybe there's a party, maybe you're at a friend's house, maybe you're traveling to see your relatives, whatever that may be. I just, it's a bit of a grace month. So I don't miss the opportunity to move my body, but you know, I do think that it's okay to miss, you know, the one once in a while. But for me, it just holds me like whenever I work out, I feel better. So for me, it's not just about like the fitness aspect of it. It's also about the mental health situation too. Like if I'm in a bad mood or I'm having stress, I don't deal with it with alcohol. What I do is I'll deal with it in the gym. And it just, those, that connection point for me was a massive one because it just now has like programmed my body where it's like, well, if I'm having a shit day, we're going to go into the gym and we're going to throw some weights around. So, and the, the byproduct of that is, well, you get pretty fit because you're in the gym, you know, quite often, especially for me, when I look back over my life over the past couple of years, it's been pretty stressful to go through some of the situations going through divorce, going through, um, you know, my brother's passing, like all of those things have affected me greatly and my mental health and the way that I have learned to deal with a lot of situations, um, especially when it comes to mental health is to go to the gym. And sometimes when I'm at the gym, I am really hard, like go really hard. And then other times I'm at the gym and it's just a mobility exercise. It's not even just, you know, sometimes it's just a move. It's sometimes just a move because I never leave. I never walk away from the gym. I never come out of the gym feeling worse before going in there, especially from a mental clarity perspective. Like, yes, the physical activity might be, you know, you're sweaty and you, you feel like you're exerted and all that stuff, but I never feel bad mentally. So for me, it's always been this habit to check being able to get into the gym is a mental clarity that I'm able to achieve at the end of it. So that's a bonus for me. And I never miss an opportunity to go into the gym and in December, sometimes it's a little light, sometimes a little heavy. It, it, it just really matters. But I know that progressionally speaking, like it's not going to interfere with my training or my progression over the past 11 months. If you're consistent in your scheduling, if you're consistent in your daily habits, I really don't think that a few meals here or there or a few late nights or a few parties or whatever in the month of December is going to blow up all of your programming for the entire year what people get caught up in is they're not able to flip it back over in January, right? So we're sitting here and we've got all of the stuff and it's like, you know, you've had all of this buffet style things, you know, and everything's in front of you. And then the problem becomes into January when people start to program all of their lives, all of their goals, all of their new habits with all of this positive mindset. 
and it gets really hard because you gotta flip off all of the treats and flip off all of the booze and flip off all of the stuff and now go kind of cold turkey. It's really hard to go cold turkey on a lot of things, especially if you've ever tried to break a habit because you've been, you know, you've been caught up in it for so long. So for me, just a little bit of grace uh, when I approach the month of uh, December. What, for me, what it means is like, Everything, I think everything is okay in moderation. I never wanted to be in a fitness community that would prevent me from having the joys of food. Like I think that any diet or any meal plan or any type of program that you get into that prevents you from having something, I think that it will always end result in failure at the end because it's so hard to maintain being a hundred percent perfect all of the time. And I look at that in life. Like, can you imagine being perfect all of the time? It's next to impossible because you're going to fail. There's something eventually that's going to break for me. When I look at diets or these crap, like these fads or these things that people, you know, connect into because they want a fast fix. It, most of them are fails because they're not consistently programmed for you to be able to go long term with some of the food that they're, you know, challenging you to have. It's completely unrealistic to think about eating cabbage soup for weeks and weeks upon end. Not to mention the fact that it provides, you know, absolutely no nutrition to your body and it deprives you of so many other things. But when you look at these things, I think everything is okay in moderation. There is no diet. There's no meal plan in the world that should restrict you for life on the things that you enjoy. I think that the problem that most people have with this is that they enjoy the attraction, right? So if I was programming something in based on my own, you know, like nutrition plan, and I was looking to, I'm going to use fast food as a category, we know that fast food is not that great for us. It doesn't provide a whole lot of nutritional content and it is often, often a lot of like empty calories. And when I classify fast food, like I'm classifying everything that has a bright sign that you drive by that's flashing, like whether it be fried chicken or hamburgers or donuts or any of that, like all under the same umbrella, it's all fast food and generally provides very little nutritional content. If you value, like if you're the type of person that really values fast food, it's not the problem of the fast food. It's the problem that you're linking the value to the fast food. For me, I think once you start going through and understanding, like respecting your body and knowing, you know, where you are in life, like there's so much more information that I have now sitting in my forties than what I did compared to my thirties. And what I valued in my thirties is certainly not what I'm valuing now. And every year as I, you know, add on a new layer and you become a little bit more wiser and a little bit more engaged is that I, for me, I don't value fast food. I don't see that as a reward anymore. I don't look at things and think, yeah, like, gosh, like I can't wait to get a hamburger. I, I just don't. Partly because I really love food. I love great food. And it's not like I don't enjoy eating hamburgers because I do. I just don't value the fast food aspect of it. 
if you are going to make an amazing cheeseburger, like on homemade buns, like all, like all, it's got all the stuff in there. I'm there, like sign me up, but I don't value something that I don't have a lot of respect for. So for me, I know that if I'm putting that fast food into my body and I'm, you know, consuming that over and over and over again, and I know that it's not really giving me a whole lot of, you know, nutrition from it, then that definitely is the link. So I don't think it's a link where people, most people, like they, they enjoy that attraction. Like if you're attracted to that, for me, I don't, I don't have the connection to fast food anymore where I see it as like a reward. If you've rewired yourself in that way, and if you haven't, it's a really, really good way to get in. It's the same thing like what I had mentioned before with alcohol. I had listened to um, one of my coaches talk about alcohol consumption. And I think for me, this was very relatable, especially being a mom, a mom of three kids where, you know, you're a business owner, things got really stressful in life, um, going through, you know, divorce, going through, you know, my brother's uh, passing. And it was very easy to look at all alcohol from the perspective as like a numbing agent and also like a stress relief mechanism. When I approached things in my life, things that were happening, like my whole world was like flowing apart. It could have been very, very easy for me to look at that and think, well, you know, let's just have a glass of wine or, you know, I'm going to, you know, mow this over, over a couple of shots. It, it's very easy to do that. It takes a lot more. It's, it takes a lot more courage, a lot more strength to avoid those things that become numbing agents because the, the problem is, is that when you wake up, it's still gonna all be there, right? Like the whole world, like at, at one point, like my life was a complete dumpster fire. Like the whole, it's still burning in the background. The only thing is, is that with alcohol or any types of drugs or anything like that, it's just the numbing agent where eventually when you wake up and you sober and you know, you come about, you're still gonna have the dumpster fire burning in the background. So relatable too with weight, relatable with fitness and goals and all of that stuff. If you don't dial these things in, if you don't rewire your brain, if you still value, you know, fast food being like this massive reward, it becomes dangerous because the problem is, is that you need to go back into the core. You need to go back and like understand what those values are. I don't think that that takes I mean, for me, it took a long time to build to that level. It took a long time for me to be able, and if I'm going to be raw and I'm going to be honest, it wasn't something that I came across where I woke up one day and just like, no, I'm never going to do that again. I am never going, I'm only going to have this in my house. And you know, that, especially when it comes to food, it, it's difficult to have the courage and the consistency in order to do these things. So for me, healthy movements and feeding my mind with positive wellness I become far less attracted to the things that I know can delay the progress learn long-term because I've become obsessive on the fact of goal targeting and I can see results. So I know if I dial it in even tighter and I dial it in even more restricted, the progression speeds up. It's like a throttle, right? It's like you're operating your life throttle. So I know that if I'm dialed in on that, I can get to things a lot faster by increasing that throttle because it's the rewiring of, of my brain, that type of mindset, that's a growth mindset. And you get to decide on how much or how little you want to inject into your life. 
Values for me are extremely important. And I know if I want to show up to become the best version of myself, that requires discipline. It requires accountability and it action to get to my goals. Now, how I'm explaining this to you guys is a very loose term. I think a lot of people will look or listen and think, well, that's great because she's always been like that. That's great because, you know, she's been, no, the answer is that nobody starts, nobody starts at the finish line. What people are, are people at different points in their journey. You need to scale where you are in your journey. And I'm going to be raw and I'm going to be honest, but Nutella, I love Nutella. I love it. It's like the perfect nutty chocolate treat. It's like so good. I'm, I love Nutella. It's like one of my weaknesses and dipping cookies into it. Oh my gosh. It's like heaven. Every single night I would sit after putting my kids to bed when they were little, this is probably like 10 years ago. And I would grab a couple of tablespoons of Nutella and that would be like my remorse, my reward. And I would remember, and I would grab the cookies. And by the way, the cookies were marketed as a healthy, like they were like healthy heart cookies. I don't even know how you, I can't even remember what the brand of the cookies were, but they were like little cookies that are shaped in little hearts. They're like a cocoa cookie marketed from the fact that they're like healthy, filled with like, again, pre-knowledge Amanda, like filled with sugar. Here I am. I've got my couple of tablespoons of Nutella and I've got my healthy heart cookies after I've just tucked all the kids into bed. And I would sit on my sofa every single night and I'd watch Netflix or some type of you know show and binge watch it and go through and eat these cookies. And that would be like my reward. That would be my reward every night of, you know, parenting while being able to see, you know, the kids get off to bed, you know, like, it's just like, it's stressful being a parent, right? Especially like I had three kids in four years, guys, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of children to move around, to be accountable for, to doing all this. Like it's a lot, it was a lot of stuff going on. And I would sit there every single night eating these Nutella cookies, dipping them in a couple of tablespoons. And I, at the time I was going to the gym, like you know, I, I wasn't doing CrossFit at the time, but I was doing, I, which is a big thing because I think community, um, having people that are responsible, but I would go to the gym and, you know, I'd be the girl on the treadmill. I lift a couple of weights. Like I did a lot of bicycling at the time. So, uh, road biking and I would, there I would be every single night eating cookies and, you know, dipping them into Nutella and, and that would be my reward. And if I'm being honest, it, it was about the amount of Nutella that I was actually consuming. It was probably a lot more than just a few tablespoons. I don't know if you guys have ever actually measured a tablespoon out and what you think is a tablespoon, probably two different measurements. But if you add that up day after day, it's not hard to see why I was actually gaining weight versus losing it. And this is from a girl that was actually being physically active. So I was doing lots of spin classes and going to the gym and doing all of the stuff, but zero accountability in my diet and zero accountability when it came to measuring. I think that this is the key thing for a lot of people is that you have to be accountable and you have to be honest with yourself if you want to see any type of progress. 
Now, it's not to say the Nutella is bad. It's not. It's I'm being honest in the moment where I would be eating that on a was like on a nightly basis, like eating tubs and tubs of Nutella. Um, that could be wine for some people. It could be something like insert the Nutella with whatever it is that you are doing, and that is a problem if it's long-term and the consumption keeps on going up and then the calorie deficit is not there too. And then you're wondering why there is no progress made over a period of time, especially when you start, for me, like, I'd be like, how am I gaining weight? Well, you're gaining weight because the consumption of calories that you're doing every single night with like this Nutella would be, it was crazy. It was ridiculous. I don't even know how many calories are in a tablespoon of Nutella. I'll have to look it up, but it's probably over at least over 150 calories, you know, something like that. And, uh, it, and again, the measurement for me probably wasn't just a couple of tablespoons. It was getting more and more. And you ever get to the bottom of the jar and then you start thinking, well, I may as well just like eat the rest of it. For me, it was clearly a problem and tracking your meals every single day. It's a very helpful way to be able to understand, you know, where you are. So the Nutella, whether that be, you know, it's cake or it's cookies, if it's a food item, if it's alcohol-based, if it's something that you're skipping out of the gym, like you have to be accountable for your actions if you're looking to make big progressions. Now, not everybody's fit fitness goals are the same. There might be people that are listening to this podcast that you know, just want to be able to get to their first 5k, or maybe they are listening to the podcast because they just want to have a, just a healthier version for themselves. Well, define healthier version. You know, maybe that's just something that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like a piece of sh like, you know, bag of shit, like, okay, great. Well, if that's what your goal is, if that's where you are, then that's great. That's amazing for me. I've got some big fitness goals that I want to be able to try and, and, and tackle. And in order to get to those things, I can be very disciplined about it. And I also have to make sure that, you know, my rewards are not Nutella because if I'm wiring my brain that way, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get to anywhere that I need to be, but it happens to the best of us being misinformed on health, being misinformed when we walk into the grocery stores and you see all these healthy options, all these healthy things like yogurt is such a massive one for me. The way that yogurt is marketed is a mystery to me. They market it in a way where it is, you know, supposedly healthy and it's not just yogurt, but their yogurt tends to be a big one for me. The amount of sugar in a single serving yogurt is insane. It's insane. And it's more than what you should probably be consuming for the day. Same thing with Coca-Cola, how, you know, that's marketed, you know, as diet Coke is an alternative, you know, it like all of these things add up. Like you look at, you know, just different types of cultures and foods and all that stuff. The most healthiest people tend to live like in areas where they're growing fresh produce, you know? So if it's in, you know, Central and South America or along the, you know, the Mediterranean and places like that, because they're making their own foods. Bread is not the problem. Carbs are not the problem. It's the crap that is in the stuff that tends to be in most cases, the problem that now, obviously there are people that are, you know, gluten intolerant and all of that stuff. But generally speaking for the most of us, most of our, you know, choices with food tend to be problems come from the marketing of stuff. You know, we market chips as being healthy because it's, you know, they're low in fat and that's, it's ridiculous. Like it's so ridiculous and we're so misinformed and getting caught up in that. And th this podcast could be, you know, talk about 
so many different things with that. But for me, the premise is, is that if you eat healthy, fresh ingredients, you should be good. So what that means is shop around the perimeter of the grocery store and don't buy anything that has an expiration date stamped onto it. So meaning that, you know, most of our foods we should be consuming should be from fresh, wholesome ingredients. It shouldn't be from something that is in a box TV dinner because it says that it's a freaking lean cuisine, healthy choice, whatever. No, go get yourself some chicken, go get yourself some rice, get yourself some fresh, you know, vegetables and cook up, you know, what that should be. And that's how our, our culturally where you're, I think that we're failing in, in North America, when we compare ourselves to healthy living lifestyles outside of, you know, Central America, South America, Mediterranean, all of those places where they don't have access to these fast food places. And that tends to become, um, a problem. Okay. We're going to hop right back because I want to talk more about what my routine looks like in terms of like actual meal preparation. I'm going to give you a couple of tips of, you know, how to sort of break that down and key things that I think are super beneficial as we approach 2024. Okay. So I think that a key part for me, if I was going to look at how to approach for 2024, um, especially when it comes to like meal preparation is the first thing that I would do is I would encourage anybody to track their meals. You can do this by like OG writing it down, putting it in your smartphone, your iPhone, whatever it is. There's a lot of great apps that are out there for me personally. I don't spend any money on that stuff. I would download like a free app. I use my fitness pal. That's been a popular one for me. I know that sometimes people track their macros and, and not I, for me personally, I tr I'm more interested in tracking my protein and making sure that my calories are within a certain range. Um, so I would definitely encourage you to put some type of meal tracking app that is on there to see what you are consuming on a daily basis. And like I said, there are tons of, I mean, you, at this time of year, there are tons and tons of those apps that are available. Tracking your food will become essential and not only just tracking the food, but I would say weighing the food as well. So weighing the food is the next level up. I, if I'm being honest, I haven't, I have never weighed my food up until this year and why I have not weighed my food, because I felt that when I was going through some of my fitness journey, that's just too much. Like it was too much too quickly, too soon. And being able to go through wet weight loss and being able to flip over to more physical activity in my I have increased the, the weight, like weighing my food has become more important this year because it was just really to see, well, what is actual portion control? Like, what is that portion? Just like the Nutella guys, like I have no idea. Like I, th what I think is two tablespoons is a hell of a lot more than what two tablespoons is. And the same thing goes when it comes to counting. Um, I don't know, like when I have to like scale out things and I'm like measuring my um, like chicken or, or stuff like that. Why eating a lot more than what, um, the, you know, amount that I should be eating is. So the other thing that I think is really helpful, especially if you're a parent is the food grazing with the kids. 
I did this all the time when the kids were little. Like if the kids were little and you're making them a meal and not, it's not even just like having the kids, but it's like, if you're, if you, if you and your partner are there and you make it a little bit extra and then you're consuming the extra. It's called grazing, food grazing, right? And we do it all the time. And I would do, I do it a lot more. Like I would do it with my kids if they had like a chicken finger that's left on the plate and you just eat it. Or there's a couple of bites of something. Maybe it's just, you know, you didn't want to have a, but you know, you add that up and you add it up over the week. I guarantee you it's like an extra meal that you're consuming. So be aware of those things. Like every time I put something um, food related down on a plate and I put it into my mouth, I am accountable for it. So it's difficult. I still think it's challenging in order to do it. Like, especially when it comes to like, you, you know, you're tracking like a, like a, you know, I don't know. It's like a little candy, like everything, like everything becomes trackable. And it's like, yes, you should you, everything that, um, is going into your meal plan and you're, you know, you're putting it into your mouth, then I think that you should be tracking it. So be really aware. It also just makes you a little bit more cautious. And especially when it comes to, you know, sharing meals or you're over what you need to get really good on is, you know, being able to portion control your kids instead of being a human composter. And I am so guilty of that one, especially when the kids were little, like it would just be so hard to throw out food without grazing over it when they were done. I don't know if that's just me, but I, I, I would do that all the time. So weighing my food, I think of food scale for correct portion control. I would say if you really want to dial in on your fitness, tracking your food is step one. And then I think weighing your food would be step two in more in terms of like extreme. I don't think that weighing your food is a requirement for everybody. I think you can gauge, you know, there's different ways you can go on the internet and gauge, but like, you know, the palm of your hand versus like, you know, your finger, like all there's different measurements you can use from your hand to see, you know, approximately where you're at. I don't think it's a requirement to track your food and weigh your food unless you were looking to see very dialed in progression for your fitness. So for me, if I'm looking to go and do extreme things, like I've got some extreme training that is coming up that I need to be able to get and hit certain goals at, then yeah, like I, that's the discipline that I need to be. But if this was Amanda that had three little kids under the age of four when was 10 years ago, I would not be doing those things because I know it's not maintainable. It would not have been maintainable for me. So know where you are, but I do think it's very interesting when you start to track your food and you see what you are actually, um, putting into your body. You'll see a lot of holes. And if you're honest with it, you're going to see a lot of stuff where you could, you know, definitely see areas for improvement. And I'm not joking when it comes to weighing my food. It's like a shock to my system when I start doing that. Now, I consider myself pretty lazy with meal prepping. I am going to be honest, but I am I'm a pretty lazy person when it comes to it. Partly because I don't like entering in the data to the app because I just don't have a lot of time for it. Like I just, I have so many other things to do and I swore to myself, I would never become this person, but here I am and I am, but I eat the same thing every single day. So every single day, for generally probably six days out of the week, I eat the exact same thing every single day. Now, sometimes I switch out the protein for something else, 
But generally speaking, I eat the same thing every single day. Why? Because I'm too lazy to put different data into the fitness tracking apps. I just have the same thing. And then it just makes me consistent. Now I remember hearing people that would talk like that. And I would think, oh my gosh, how boring is that to eat the exact same thing every single day? It's just me. I like consistency. I'm a creature of habit. I like to know exactly when things are coming. And I also find that my body responds better to it. It just, I think I have more sensitivity. I have noticed And it's very interesting for for me, but when I switch things up in my diet, it becomes inconsistent. And then I notice a lot of, you know, sensitivities towards things like it, especially it happens when I'm traveling, right? So I, if I'm traveling and I'm not necessarily eating the exact same thing at the exact same time, I just notice that there's inconsistencies. Like I, and I don't particularly like it when I'm on a regular schedule. So for me, it's consistency is the key. And I know that if I'm just eating the exact same thing every day, then it just keeps me on track. And I, I know where I'm at and I know it's boring. And I know that most people probably won't do that, but for me, that's what works. And if I'm ever looking another kind of tip that I was always coached on. If I'm hungry, I always try to reach for a piece of protein before I will put, um, anything else into my body. So just like two simple things like that. It's not exciting. It's not interesting, but it keeps me on track. And when I'm busy and I'm working and running around and trying to do my mom job and my work job and all that stuff, I don't stress as much on the weekends is what I do like during the base of the week. Um, the weekends tend to be like more of a free zone for me to eat, more like I'll pick one meal a week where I'm like, I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Um, and on by Sunday, I'm normally back on track. Like I normally have that for Saturday, Saturday night, because I just find for me personally, like if I do it on a Sunday, like I'm off the wagon again. So for me, it's just like, yep, do what I want. And I generally have like, um, for any of you guys that are doing like, I feel like a massive calorie, uh, consumption comes from like our coffee orders. So if you're doing like your Starbucks drinks and all that stuff, like that stuff has so many calories in it. So I tend to only order my Starbucks like once a week and I'll do it on a Saturday because I, um, I just don't want to have the extra calories that are consumed from, you know, drinking sugary drinks with coffee. So I think I mentioned this before on the podcast. Like I've, I've actually switched to drinking my coffee black because then when I do have it like once a week, it's like such a treat. It's like dessert. Okay. So we're talking about tracking our food, weighing our food. I think weighing your food would be step number two for like progression. It's not for everybody. And you do not need to do that in order to achieve a healthy lifestyle. Um, it's just something that I've become more, I'm like more interested in the data on it. That's it. But for 2024, for me, I'm going to be pretty strict on measure on food measurements. Water. We talked about this a lot. How much water should you drink in a day? Drinking your water should be really so water. It's a big one for me. I have always used the approach of if you are simple math, you weigh hundred pounds. That means that you should be drinking half of that in ounces per day. So hundred pounds would be 50 ounces. So for me, I have a water canteen jug that I know that I have to drink three of every day. So it's a little bit more because, um, that's just where I am in my fitness 
you know, journey, whatever, but water, please guys, make sure that you drink your water. Avoid uh, doing the water with uh, like the, the sugary inserts of the, the flavored thing and all that stuff. Get used to drinking water. It's a lot of water and that's the whole point. It's to flush your body out from toxins and all of that stuff. So make sure that you're drinking lots and lots of water. And for me, it's never, that's never been a problem. I'm a water drinker. I tend to not drink um, anything other than like coffee. I will have a tea at night and I drink water during the day. I'm a pretty simple person when it comes to that. Yes, it's a lot of water. I realize that and that's exactly the point. So simple math again to refer that. So if you weigh hundred pounds, it should be about half of that that you're drinking in ounces. So divide your body weight by uh, 50%. Let's talk about sugar. Okay, so for sugar, I this is just something that I have been coached with with one of my coaches because we tend to do it a lot at our gym and that's cutting the sugar consumption down to about 10 grams per day. I challenge you to go and read all of your food labels, which you should be doing by the way when you're when you're buying your food. But making sure that you are reading how much sugar is actually in a lot of your foods. It will shock you. It will actually shock you to see how much sugar. So I really try to purchase foods. And I say this because I use yogurt as an example. For me, I will do like, um, like an Icelandic yogurt or Greek yogurt, something that's like really high in protein. Yes, they taste terrible, but I've just become now like accustomed to it, it tastes good. So we'll, we'll, I, I eat that quite a bit. Um, and for me, when I look at uh, consuming that stuff, I always am aware of the sugar content in the food. Yogurt tends to be one that has a lot of sugar in it and they range, like even big brand names that advertise yogurt from a high protein perspective, but it's got a ton of sugar in it. So be aware. You should always be reading the labels on the back of your foods. And for me, I always approach food labels looking at the sugar amounts in each of the food because it will shock you. It will shock you. Trying to keep sugar at 10 grams or under a day, for me, I personally find that one to be a little bit challenging. And especially when you start to add things on like sauces and you know, milk and coffees and creams and all those things. It's very, very easy to do when you're still putting those things on top of your food. So for me, that's one of the reasons why I switched to black coffee because then it just eliminates a lot of the sugar consumption. Um, I like coffee and cream personally. I didn't put sugar in my coffee, but cream still contains sugar in it. And, um, I just think it's like, again, empty calories I don't need to have. So Sugar is in a lot of things. I had a conversation with somebody and they were telling me about how they had bought uh, or purchased a bag of frozen vegetables and the frozen vegetables actually had sugar in them. Like quite a bit, it was like quite a lot of sugar per, you know, portion uh, for their frozen veggies. So be careful when you're, you know, you're purchasing it. Read your food labels, understand what you're buying, stick to the perimeter, buy fresh, and you'll avoid that. Now there's sugar in a lot of natural things. And I realize that with fruits and stuff like that, I don't necessarily like count that stuff in a aggressive way. What I'm talking about is I'm counting the sugar on a purchase, something or other that has uh, a nutrition pack. Like for example, I buy yogurt. If I was to purchase sour cream, if I was to purchase cheese, if I was to purchase things that I know, um, 
that I can't find or I wouldn't be able to buy, like, and even breads, like breads have a ton of sugar. Be aware of that and avoid just buying the processed stuff. That's the easiest way to do it. Okay, so for me, I think that meal prepping and shopping, again, if I'm looking at how to approach my shopping list, stick to the outer aisle of the grocery store because it's always the healthiest you know, spot. If it's got a big flashy sticker on it or it's got an expiration date or any of that stuff, tend to avoid those things. I never, well, I shouldn't say never do. I always try to avoid shopping when I'm hungry. Um, I always go out with a list so I'm not distracted with things. And this is probably why I like to have a consistent schedule and be consistently on time with like my program because I know I can't come off of it and I know it's boring, but then that way I'm not grabbing extra things. And I also think it's more ecologically aware and responsible because I'm not throwing out a lot of wasteful food because I'm buying what I need to consume. And I've become a little bit more aware of that, especially as I go into like 2024. I take a day off to do my meal prep. I don't personally like meal prepping for the entire week because I just like the taste of fresh food. So I will do it every couple of days. I like, I'm three days. I can eat food that's been prepped for three days. And then I'm like, okay, now I need to make fresh. So I generally do it on a Sunday. And then I would do it like midweek on a Wednesday. I eat a lot of turkey, a lot of chicken, and a lot of fish when I am looking at things for protein. And in terms of how much protein that I eat, so for me personally, I probably eat a lot more than what an average person does. Why? Because I'm lifting some pretty heavy weights. I think that most, for me, I do a lot of CrossFit. I do a lot of weight training. So my protein goals are gonna be different than what most people are. I will get to my protein by a combination of eating um, meats and fish. And then also, um, by doing like a protein uh, powder as well. So I, it would be difficult for me. And I have tried this. It'd be very difficult for me to be able to get to my protein goals without substituting some type of protein powder, um, in there. And for me, I do, I do do that on a daily and I will often put that in like my smoothie or something like that. So for me, I tend to eat my body weight in protein a day. So that's about 150 to 160 grams of protein a day that I'm trying to hit. And it's more or less, it's more than 160 pro, uh, grams per day, which is a lot. Now, again, that is not for everybody. That is not a scale that you should be using. You should be tracking your own fitness. You should be looking at your own age and your own weight and what you're doing. Um, I think if most people were to start doing that and they had never trained, it'd be very, very high in protein. And you probably would get quite upset if with your stomach, if you, um, were consuming that because again, it's taken me a long time to build to that. And it's really based on person to person. So best investment, I would suggest hiring a nutrition coach in order to, you know, get you there. I think that be careful when you're looking at nutrition coaches too, because like often sometimes they'll come with like in a personal training setting, or they'll be biased on one type of eating. I think if you have a nutrition coach that is well-informed on general nutrition on general like i think that that would be the better way to go some people are very restricted with their nutrition like i've just heard different uh stories so be informed like you can find a lot of this stuff out on google and you have to do it for yourself there there could be arguably some nutrition coaches that look at my diet and think that's not the right programming for me and it can become quite controversial 
I do what's best for me. And sometimes that requires me to do a lot of trial and error. Sometimes my body responds to things. Sometimes it does not. And I have to be more responsible and aware of those things versus having somebody that's just looking at like a chart. So yes, I do respect a lot of people and what they're saying, but I'm also know my body like really, really well. And I also know, you know, what I can have and what I can't have and what I'm able to really dial things in uh, really great, really great to see like success and, and, and results, you know, long-term. So I think a nutrition coach is a great investment. I would just be, you know, do your research and make sure that you have, um, a really good philosophy of understanding like what they're approaching on nutrition, because I've listened to some people and they're coaching and like the things that they're telling people to do. I just, I'm not necessarily, I don't agree with it, but, um, you know, if that lines up with them, but there's a lot of fasting and things like that. And I don't necessarily always agree with those things, but, um, I do think it's important for people to get their fitness right and understand, uh, you know, that correctly. So just in summary, great thanks to keeping on track for 2024 in terms of meal prep and being able to hit your protein goals and being able to get some fitness goals that are in there is that highly recommend. Number one is to get a fitness app. A lot of them are online, they're free. Number two would be to track and weigh your food. I think weighing is a next step up like a progressional point. It's not a necessity, but definitely tracking your food. Eating fresh food and tracking your protein would be essential for me. I know that I'm always reaching for a piece of protein if I'm hungry um, versus like sugary treats and things like that. Be aware when you are making sure that you are filling your body, especially when it comes to like these protein bars and stuff like that, tracking the sugar, looking, reading the actual labels in it, because they can be marketed in a very convincing way that is, appears to be healthy when they're actually not that great for you. You got to drink a lot of water and you got to drink lots of it. Yes. It's going to make you feel great. And yes, you're going to have to pee all the time, but that's exactly the point eat more protein and avoid sugar. That one is an obvious one, but, um, just be aware. I know that there are even a lot of protein bars or, you know, snack bars, health bars, and they're filled with sugar. So be aware, like read the ingredients and track, do some research, spend some time on Google and understanding, you know, like where people are. And if you, really enjoy somebody's like fitness programming. Like I always respect and look up to like certain people. I, I, I watch what they're doing and what they're eating. And you know, sometimes it's not always for me, but these are just some of the things that I'm, you know, sharing. So if that's in line with you, this diet, the diet that I eat would not be ideal for a marathon runner. It would not be ideal for somebody that, you know, is just looking to get, you know, back to, you know, their fitness after a big operation. Like it's not for everybody. You have to program yourself based on whatever you are looking for. So do yourself a favor and do your research into that. And lastly, move your body every single day, whether that is climbing a mountain or whether it is walking your dog. If you move your body, you move your mind. And when you move your mind, you're able to grow into a great version for you. Guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a bit of a long one. Hopefully it gave you lots of different information and facts and all of that. Like I said, I am not a nutrition coach. 
I am just sharing the things that have helped me for my physical journey and being able to, um, you know, share some tips as you come along and especially coming out of this hard season of December, we've ate a lot of stuff that probably isn't serving our body that well. And how do we get back on track? What does that look like? And how quickly can we flip that switch in order to get some of these nutrition gains back in there, especially when it comes to January? Um, because you know, it's hard to go cold Turkey on a lot of this stuff. So everything, small steps, everything in moderation, don't cut yourself out completely. Do it as sort of like building a layer, like as you would to building, uh, you know, a cake or something like that. And then, you know, you can sort of break it down in little pieces part by part. If you take on too much too quickly, it's going to be overwhelming. So just approach it one little step at a time. And that way you should be able to target some really, really great things. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And I cannot wait to see you here on the next episode. And that is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Creative Influencer Show. I hope that you have gained some inspiration today and that you have left with your heart and your mind a little fuller. I love using this platform to chat, inspire, and discuss everything that lights my heart on fire. But a huge favor for your girl, Amanda, here. If you enjoyed this show, then please subscribe to this channel and share with two of your friends. Tag them on social media and tag us in, guys. Creating content for this platform is what brings me so much freaking joy. But I want to grow and I want to share these growth mindset concepts with everyone. And I can't do that without your help. So share, comment, and spread the love. Guys, until next time, may you find gratitude in every day, live your life to the fullest, and be courageous enough to conquer the world.